Here's a cinema hack for you. Put your Maltesers in your popcorn and then get ready because this is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Who are you? The better question is, who are you? If at first you don't succeed, try again. That's the new X-Men film. We're talking about Dark Phoenix. That's this week on The Cinema Crew. Hello and welcome to The Cinema Crew, the podcast that talks new movies every week. My name is Michael Campbell, but you, dear listener, you can call me Cambo, and we'll be talking about all the movies releasing this week, but I couldn't do that alone. So with us, as always, is Vary McIntyre. Hello. And Dan Miranda. Good morning. Now, we did say last week we'll be talking about the movie after. That movie actually got delayed until July. Don't worry, we will talk about it when it comes out, but this week is all about Dark Phoenix. Now, your chance to win a gold-class double pass coming up just a little later on, but first. Ladies and gentlemen of NASA, this is Charles Xavier. Help is on the way. We're doing space missions now. Cool. We get the astronauts, we bring them home. Go. The heat signature's rising fast. We gotta get out of here. Where's Jean? Where is she? It's hard to picture a world without comic book films, but back in the year 2000, that was exactly the case. Often seen as cheap, straight-to-home video B-movies, comic book films were not taken seriously. That was until Brian Singer released X-Men, the first proper blockbuster smash that showed the world that comic book films were prime material for the big screen. However, it wasn't always smooth sailing, and in 2006, they attempted to adapt a popular Dark Phoenix storyline to critical backlash. Well, they're at it again, and this time they think they have it right. Question is, Dan, do they? Yeah, I think this film is a lot of fun. I haven't seen many of the X-Men films apart from one other. You've got many returning cast members and one new one from Game of Thrones. Yes, as well, Sophie Turner, she did appear a little bit in the one previous uh, but but not too much. This is very much a Jean Grey film. Yeah, she's like one of the most popular characters. So I think a lot of fans are going to enjoy this film because it's more about her. Whereas in the original X-Men film, she was more of a side character or just a love interest for Wolverine. So I'm really happy to see her get her own film. So this, this storyline was attempted in X-Men 3, this Dark Phoenix mm. storyline. And I guess the problem was that everyone loved Wolverine so much as they tr- they kind of made him the center of the story. Mm. And that's not really what it needs. And I will say this. So uh, I'm a man that's like obsessed by movies. I'm always looking up movie news and, and whatnot. And this movie online, and I will admit that I was one of the people doing this as well. It has a bad reputation because mm. uh, it was uh, delayed several times. Mm-hmm. Um, the director apparently didn't get on with the studio and then uh, news leaked maybe a month ago that they had to completely reshoot the entire third act of the movie. Oh, wow. So it's got a really bad reputation. And you would be... I, I guess it's not even crazy to think that it, maybe it's a train wreck. And surprisingly, it isn't. No, and it's interesting you say that, that all those, I guess, issues have come up for this film because if you don't know that, it doesn't come across on the screen, no, in my it, opinion. And the, the closest parallel was the recent Fantastic Four reboot had all of these same problems, mm-hmm. and that is very evident when you watch it. You're like, this movie's a complete mess. But Dark Phoenix, surprisingly, is actually uh, completely <laughs> fine as a movie. Yeah, like, yeah. it works. And that surprised me no end, because I was ready to, like, I was expecting the absolute worst, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. actually pleasantly surprised me in that way. No, I think if you go into this film 
not knowing any of that, or even, as I said before, seen any of the other X-Men films, you can still enjoy it for what it is, a comic book film. Yeah. But you know what? When I knew that there was a lot of reshoots and delays, that actually made me feel better about the film because I knew that they were taking the time and not rushing it. So I felt the opposite, actually. I thought if they're going to do reshoots, it's going to be better. And I'll say this is better than X-Men 3 because that movie was a mess. They've actually, again, it's not the epic scope that the storyline's always famous for and maybe it'll get a little bit of backlash for that. But it's actually, it's it's your standard X-Men movie. It's as good as the the median range of an X-Men movie. Yeah, I've only <laughs> got the uh, Days of Future Past movie to compare this to. Right. And I, as mm. from memory, I really enjoyed that. And it's got really good ratings as far as I'm aware. That's the one where they time travel, is yes. that correct? Yeah. So this, yeah. The, the X-Men franchise is so splintered and so broken that they had to have an entire movie, which is Days of Future Past, mm. to just clean up all the timeline messes that they created <laughs> in the previous film. Uh, and yeah, the X-Men franchise is famously inconsistent That's with both its quality, its continuity, <laughs> its characters. I think that um, the cast for the most part in this mm. are really great. I really think it's a very attractive cast. There's yes. no one... <laughs> do you, can I just say, I was like watching this film and thinking, gosh, they've just hired models. Like, <laughs> And it, yeah, I feel Michael Fassbender, when he's flying as Magneto, it's just... He's not. I forgot I was watching an X Men film because yeah. he just exudes this gravitas, I guess, and he's just like, "I'm here." Mm. <laughs> I liked Jessica Chastain in this. I like that they brought another fem- strong female character into it. And the, there is one actor that I think comes off a little bit, let's say, I'm subpar. And weirdly, it's Academy Award winner Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> and I don't think it's even that you know she can obviously act, but she. I don't know if you found this as well. She looked bored. <laughs> I was just going to say, I felt like she had checked out. Yeah. And Do you know? This well, they, they apparently, um, the, the last film, X-Men Apocalypse, was the last on her contract and no one expected her to come back because oh. um, she had kind of spoken out thing like, I don't really like it. No. After wearing this yeah. body paint and stuff like that. Mm. And everyone was really surprised when she signed back on, which makes me think it was a lot of money <laughs> on yeah, the table. Yeah, yeah, That's what I would have thought. But you could, like, yeah, she, she just... It was evident, I think, that she's a bit over the X-Men films at this point. Which is odd because I actually think she's a great actress, but in this, you're not seeing her at her best. It's a simple extraction. We go into space, we get the astronauts, we bring them home. Any questions? Yeah, like a thousand. We don't have time for a thousand. Doing space missions now. Cool. Let's go. So I will say this. I actually genuinely thought all the action sequences in this were quite quite good and what the x-men films have become good at is utilizing everyone's unique powers well and they all play off each other in fact Mm. the start of the movie has a really great uh space action sequence Mm. in which you're seeing uh cyclops is using his laser vision to shoot things off a space station and nightcrawl is teleporting in and out and quicksilver is using his uh his speed and i love that interconnectivity of powers and the early x-men movies didn't really do it so well but this movie does it quite well in all of the action sequences but uh Mm. Plot and dialogue-wise, it is a little clunky, though. Mm. Um, there, You could almost kind of cl- count the cliche lines. I heard the line, you're not so different, you and I. Things like that, you know. <laughs> I heard with the special effects that they were making Dark Phoenix more um, fiery with flames and everything. And they sort of covered that in the original X-Men movies where there was a different Jean Grey and they tried to make it more spacey because I don't think fans reacted well to the original trailer. So they made it more cosmic. 
it's funny that you bring that up because you're right. They were going to make it more flamey. And mm. then uh, as part of the third act being reshot, uh, leaks that came out, uh, they said that they're actually going back to making it cosmic and in mm. fact, I have a, a theory about why that is. Before we go into the theory, can you mm-hmm. explain the cosmic and the flary? So originally, uh, Phoenix in the comics, you know, Phoenix rises from the ashes. She's, uh, you know, it's, it's flamed. It's red and orange and it's like she's almost on fire. Yeah. Uh, but cosmic is kind of wispy and multicolored and kind of cerebral. And my theory is that they changed it to be more cosmic because... Captain Marvel just made a billion dollars at the box office. <laughs> and <laughs> I- in the third act of this movie, when she does go full Phoenix, it does look kind of like Captain Marvel. You're not wrong. She has yeah. that same kind of energy pulse going through her. And I think there are uh, some parallels to Captain Marvel that they're now trying to make after the fact. But you know what? It doesn't actually particularly hinder the movie at all. Either. No. So if you want to kind of get in on the zeitgeist, then go for it. You know, it didn't ruin the movie <laughs> to do it either. No, but it's interesting that they would uh, make a conscious creative decision based off another film because they don't want to be too tied to that when inevitably there will be anyhow. There, there was something that I was... Yeah, I'll, I'll admit, I was making fun of this movie for, which is um, we've talked a lot about the third act being reshot. The third act of this movie was supposed to be set in space and they said, well, we've reshot it now and now it's set on a train, <laughs> to which I think the whole world went, huh, Mm. That's yeah. not as that's not as epic, but that being <laughs> said, the train sequence at the end of this is actually pretty fun. Yeah, I <laughs> I was actually surprised at how. Yeah, I guess there's something about it being confined and small that kind of makes it intense. Yeah, you can't escape. You're not in yeah. the never reaches of space or a field or wherever. Yeah, else I mean, anyone be. that's ever seen the zombie movie Train to Busan knows that being on a train can be a very scary experience and they kind of play well with that. You can't get off the pl- off the train, no. otherwise you're going to you know, you're going to die. Can't stay on the train because then they're coming for you. So actually weirdly, something that I was making fun of being like, "Oh, what, they set it on a train?" <laughs> actually worked pretty well. It did, and you do have the powers of many of the mutants that yeah. can use the materials around them which make it so much more, I guess, Incredible. Hello, old friend. Stay out of my way. I'm sorry for what she did. But I can't let you go in there. You're always sorry, Charles. And there's always a speech. But nobody cares anymore. We do this here, now, they'll see us as monsters. Violent freaks fighting on the streets of New York. What did I tell you? Damn it, man, your homeland will be gone. Everything you care about. Save it. Don't do this, Eric. The girl dies. All right, so we've talked about X-Men fans and people like me that are obsessed with movies, but who do you think should see this film? I think anyone who is entertained by action scenes... Uh, anyone fantasy, but mainly I think this is going to appeal to young adults and teenagers. Um, and I think if you were to go on a date to this film, you're going to have a good time because you've got so much eye candy to look at. (laughs) (laughs) That is an excellent point. I think fans who have enjoyed Jean Grey's story and like the Dark Phoenix saga comics are going to enjoy this and that she gets her own film now and a proper storyline. 
So if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously pretty into movies, and in fact, you might be into making movies, or in fact, know someone that is into making films. Well, we're here to tell you about the Unseen short film competition that is actually run by Village Cinemas with a bunch of other partners like Black Magic, and the entries are now open to enter. And let me tell you, some of the prizes are amazing. First prize is $10,000 cash and a slew of over $12,000 worth of camera gear from Black Magic. So it's an amazing prize. And a bit of a humble brag here, someone that actually won this competition a couple years ago, let me tell you, it's an amazing prize. The camera is cinema quality stuff. And here's what I want, guys. This is, this is the perfect scene for me. Someone enters the Unseen Film Competition. They win the prize. They win the camera. They make a film. We talk about it on this podcast because it's so good that it hits cinemas. Isn't that the perfect circle? Degree of separation. <laughs> so meta. <laughs> but if you want any more information on the Unseen Short Film Competition, head to unseenfilms.com.au. That is U-N-S-C-E-N-E. See what they did there? Very clever. Mm. Unseenfilms.com.au for more information. Also in cinemas this week, Rocket Man, Elton John's Private Life, and Godzilla 2, King of the Monsters. The sequel to Godzilla with a lot more kaiju in it. Yeah, that's that's very true. There's like 17 this time. Now, if you <laughs> want to hear about all those movies, and in fact, everything is playing in cinemas, you can head back to our back catalogue in whichever podcast app you would like. If you would like to win a gold class double pass, simply head to the Instagram or Facebook page, find the Cinema Crew post and answer the question. To celebrate X-Men Dark Phoenix, we want to know what is your favourite X-Men character? Ooh, mine was always Gambit. He always took his playing cards in the yeah. cartoon. I love it. Oh. <laughs> simply leave a comment on the post using the hashtag The Cinema Crew and that could be yours. Next week, the remakes don't stop. We're talking a Men in Black International, the life of a famous fantasy author in Tolkien, and the film that took the Toronto International Film Festival by storm in Wild Rose. But until then, thank you, Vari. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. My name's been Cambo. This has been The Cinema Crew, and we will see you next week.